So greetings, everyone. This I am Lynn Gilliland, the host of Lessons from Leaders, and I am here with two um, of our old friends, not old in years, of our old friends of the podcast. They've been with me since the beginning and, and um, even before I think that I started actually the podcast, both Tom and Sylvia are uh, boosters, if that's the right word, and fans and um, moral support to me uh, and creative thinkers around the podcast. So I'm so glad to have them here today. We're talking about um, managing and leading in the COVID-19. And Tom Dente is the former CEO of Humantum. Um, and Sylvia Megre is the COO of ACDI VOCA. And they are in their own right uh, leaders that I admire and look up to. So I'm so grateful that they take the time to talk to us, to talk to me. So thank you to you both for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Moon. Yeah. I feel so happy that you're both here together too. That makes me happy. So um, just to start with, we what we wanted to talk about today was just very... Um, you know, how we see how the COVID-19 is impacting us and our organizations and um, how, what are some things that we think, uh, that we see that's working as far as leading and managing now. So just to start with both of you, what do you see? I'm pausing because I'm thinking, what do you see is the impact seems like such a broad question, but what are some of the big challenges that you're seeing right now, um, either with your organizations or with your staff or, or, and Tom with you, what you're hearing. So I'll just leave it, open it up for either one of you. Tom, do you want to go start off or? Yeah, I'll start off. I think, um, you know, obviously there's been so much conversation about this. I think, you know, in the organizations and the leaders that I've spoken to, I think it's, um, it's a multifaceted crisis in a lot of ways. It's both the healthcare crisis, the social crisis, the economic crisis, and it affects multiple levels uh, too. It's both our families, our communities, our states, our countries, and then our organizations as well. And so I think in a lot of ways, it's very unprecedented in terms of how leaders and organizations are navigating through this. And in a lot of ways, you know, it's just working through uh, where there's not a lot of guideposts. There's not a lot of past examples we can point to to say we've had a crisis this complex and this fast moving at all these levels. And so I think it's, uh, it's a challenging time, certainly. But on the positive side, what's been very encouraging, though, it's brought out, I think, a spirit of generosity and collaboration where organizations are looking to help other organizations, leaders help other leaders, communities banding together. And I think while there's incredible uh, difficulty with the current crisis, there's some positive glimmers that will help us as we move from crisis to recovery. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, and I also think, I think about all of the, the, the variety of different challenges our staff are facing. And and everybody has their own unique situation. There are those parents who are at home trying to not only care for their children, but with responsibilities now that they've never had before uh, in the education of their children. Uh, there's the, uh, the introverts who are, who are happily working from home and have always enjoyed it. Uh, and the extroverts who are, who are struggling 
uh, with with uh, not having that uh, interaction as easily as as possible. And one of the things that, that I've seen is a lot more the importance of being a lot more deliberate in our communication. Mm. Uh, I, I think that leaders always need to be uh, aware, as we were speaking actually earlier about you know. Staff and others in the organization are, are looking for leaders to model the kind of behavior uh, that they are expected. Um, if I'm sending an email out at four o'clock in the morning, that's sending a message to my staff about what do I expect people to, to, to do in in this time. Uh, and I, I might actually be up at four o'clock and 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 uh, and doing that, but I have to make sure that I don't send that email, that I wait, and that I I manage my time so that people kind of understand. Um, that that we all have to also live our lives because the 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 flow between work uh, life and, and personal life has changed dramatically uh, for for everybody and we have to we really have to be cautious and deliberate about how we help our staff navigate through this. I the collaborating so a, a, a recent podcast guest was talking about how you know, this is bringing agencies collaborating together. But until um, you guys just said it, I, I know that one of the goals for this year, it's either interaction or human to or baby, both of them is how do we collaborate more together? Mm-hmm. And so I didn't, it didn't click for me until right this second. Oh, this is like making that happen. Mm-hmm. Like we have a common enemy and so here's how we do, here's how we work together. Here's how we can come together and not, not be um, competitors, which that's fabulous. I mean, that's a bent, uh, the positive from the challenge that I, I had not gotten into my head. Yeah, and I think, you know, you see that more and more. I think, you know, we, we were talking a little bit before about, you know, there's, there's so much sharing going on now. Right. You know, each organization sharing, here's what we're doing with our staff. Here's what yep. we're doing to... Yep communicate better, to move to remote working, to uh, save and, you know, re-strategize different programs. And so I think that spirit of sharing uh, and generosity is really uh, just something to to be noted that, um, you know, those boundaries of saying, yes, we have an organization, an organizational mission and a stewardship there, mm-hmm. but we want to give back as much as we can to help other organizations and like-minded leaders at this time. And I think, um, you know, that's been incredibly powerful to see and inspiring. Oh, absolutely. The, the amount of ideas and, 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 and interaction across uh, so many different platforms. Uh, at times, it's a little bit can be overload. So, uh, you know, I'm trying to, to figure out, okay, these are the three or four platforms and organizations where I can get uh, where I can get information and not feel like it's too much. It's most relevant to my role. But it is it is really uh, it is really exciting. I mean, even if you look at the news media, so many um, paid news coverage organizations are making sure that coverage of important topics related to, to, to this crisis are available to everybody. Um, uh, and and I think uh, I think a lot of um, a lot of organizations are also making sure that uh, there's free Wi-Fi or or, or reduced costs. So. Uh, communities and individuals and families can do what they need to do in terms of getting information, but also doing schooling and other things. So uh, I, I do think that there's a, a coming together that's, um, that is the upside, because when, when we get out of this, there will be a new normal. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this will fundamentally change uh, and alter how, how we work and how we collaborate. 
Do you think that that's a question I've been thinking about, like, what would your guesses be about the new normal be both Sylvia and then Tom? Well, I think, uh, I think what we're learning is things change so rapidly that it's hard to really know. But I do think that uh, for those individuals uh, who, who had uh, reticence towards how effective we can be working offline and collaborating uh, uh, off, you know, not face to face, uh, on, on the one hand, I think uh, people will see we really can through, through meetings uh, online like this. Um, I think that people, however, who, uh, on the flip side of that, who always wish they could uh, work remotely more, will be really happy when we can all come back together and interact. And so I think there's going to be maybe a new middle ground uh, between, you know, making sure we have the, the energy of face-to-face -face interactions and, and that, that, that need, uh, but also how we can be more efficient and cost-effective uh, working remotely. What do you think, Tom? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the, all the new behaviors will emerge and new ways to, you know, do what we've always done better and, and be more connected. I think what will happen, though, I think uh, Sylvia said very nicely before, this deliberateness around connecting. Mm. And I think right now with all the technologies and all the different platforms, you know, what people will spend more time on is just taking up the lessons we've learned, which is, you know, reconnecting, connecting with our colleagues, our communities, and our families, and just how important that is as something that is easy to get crowded out in the day-to-day. -day. So I think, you know, this notion of how powerful community and connection is, mm -hmm. I think, is something that will be part of the, uh, the new normal. I think the other thing, too, is, you know, COVID is a, a horrendous situation for those uh, directly affected. And it's also revealed, I think, unfortunately, a lot of different um, blind spots. You know, we saw it in our community where, you know, all the children who um, couldn't, you know, who relied upon the school for breakfast, for lunch, Absolutely. for technology, uh, for some of the issues around uh, pay and pay quality, for some of the issues around uh, the social safety net and the gaps in that and the gaps in our healthcare system. And so, you know, one positive uh, aspect of a new normal would be let's not go back to a normal where it's very easy for us to not look at these bigger underlying social problems and just push those back to the side, but let's, let's embrace those and let's take up the challenge that we've seen emerge from this crisis. It's in my in my uh, some of the things that I think um, just in the the work that I do, sometimes people think that we need to only meet in person. So thinking about coaching or or advising, and that shifted. Oh wow, this really does work. But the bigger shift for that I'm seeing is I'm being contracted, brought in to do work with teams virtually. So they're all remote and I'm remote too. Right. Um, so that's, that's quite a, that's quite huge to say, no, we don't need to fly you. One of the things that's coming up is Macedonia. You know, we can, we can do it virtually and um, we'll see how that goes. On one hand, I'm excited about the new things I'm going to learn and the new technologies. It's like new toys. Um, no, seriously, there's some very cool platforms out there on how to work with groups visually um, but on the other you know there's that 
my understanding from the way that we're wired is we do trust people more that we can be with physically. There's some brain wiring around that. I, and I think, you know, I, I was reading an article yesterday about how, how different organizations uh, effectively build trust, uh, which I think is, is a key to, to, to organizational success. And, and having leadership go out face-to-face, -face, meet with people, uh, greet people, I, I think we have to be very cautious in this new normal uh, that we don't forget that that human interaction, for example, um, sitting down and having dinner in front of my computer with somebody is not the same as sitting down in a restaurant and right. having, uh, having, having a connection that I might not otherwise have. So uh, I, I, think that, uh, I think that we've got to balance those uh, going forward as well. So not swing the pendulum way to the other side, yeah. <laughs> Right. And then be open to those moments. And I think, you know, think about all those moments of connection that we've had where you're open to spontaneity. It's unstructured. Mm -hmm. There's no agenda. There's a conversation that leads itself, you know, down a path you never anticipated. And I think, you know, that's, you know, in a lot of ways, the basis of creativity and new, new ideas, new solutions. And you'd hate to lose that as well that comes out of those social interactions and personal interactions that uh, Sylvia was talking about. I mean, one of the great things about a tool like this is we can be in you know, different parts of the world and have that conversation, but we can have side conversations. So yeah. our organization has done lots of things, happy hours online with different groups connecting. In fact, we've had connections with groups within our organizations who haven't had happy hours before. And we're like, well, wow, that was really great to see you at the personal level. But I couldn't kind of turn around and follow up with somebody else. We all had to be in the, the one conversation. And, and so that's fine, but it's a different interaction than, you know, going out and having a cup of coffee or a glass of wine with, with, a, with a group of people. And so that makes that, thank you for the segue into what are some of the things that we can do now. And I like how we're looking at, let's do these now, but let's not make these the golden rule or the silver bullet or whatever metaphor works for you. Um, and one of the, one of the people I'm working with was talking about, he's going to, um, he's a CEO of a small faith-based NGO and he's going to start having one-on-one -on -one meetings. He only has 50 staff with each of his staff, you know, like two a day. It, so that's not the same as an in-person, but at least it's a touch mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. with every single person over the next month. What are some of the things you've heard or that you're doing? I've um, walked the virtual halls uh, and uh, just kind of turned on my video and, and, and you know, checked in on people who, who uh, I might have run into otherwise. You know, when I'm in the office, I do my best. Don't always do as well as I could have, but I do my best of getting out of my office and walking the halls and popping in and ending up having some really important conversations. So I've been trying to do that uh, and, uh, and and check in with people. Um, I think also we're doing um, a pretty good job of helping each other identify those who are struggling more than others mm. and, and coming around those individuals uh, and, and, and reaching out to them at different levels and in, in different ways. I love the walking the halls. So do you just leave your video on and, or do you just pop in on people and say, do you have a minute? Yeah, I just pop in on people and, and, and do you have a minute and, and have had some really great conversations. I'm, I'm going to be spreading that idea. <laughs> it is now out in the world. <laughs> what do you think, Tom? 
So I think that, you know, I think it's that blending that we've been talking about, which is the technology allows you to do a lot. And it's just saying, but there are, we're human beings grounded in out 10,000, thousands and thousands of years of behaviors. And just that, as uh, Sylvia said, this notion of spontaneity and just using the technology in somewhat of a less structured way just helps us keep those connections. And, and I think that whole point too, that we're all different people though too. And I think it's really important. And that recognition that it's easy to see a face on a screen, but recognizing some people may be struggling. Some people may be facing different challenges and we have to reach out to people differently too. And never forget that each person is unique and, you know, you should reach out to them as appropriate. And I think Sylvia talked about that in the earlier, like, you know, that some people are introverts and they're like, woohoo, yay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, finally. And so I'm like, what? Let me out, right? It's been a long today. Um, I also wanted to bring in um, Dr. David Rock, who's worked on social threats. He works a lot on neuroscience. And just for you guys and out there in the world, I know Tom, you and I were talking about it, just to look at the work he's done on um, social threats, how they, they uh, impact us the same as physical threats. And and he has right now stuff out about this situation and how um, what we can do to help people come back from fear, anxiety, um, uh, worry, and be at their best. So um, I put that out because one of the things he says is when we work on joint projects, we feel better. And so, and when we have goals, like in two weeks, we need to have this done. Those help us feel better too. And that's the thing we can do for ourselves. I was telling Tom or Sylvia that um, when I, when this whole thing started, I, I got two, two or three projects that I have to work on with colleagues and I realized I was feeling better. I have something to do with somebody else in a short-term goal. Um, and so he talks a lot about that, that just those two things having goals and having joint projects that you work on with others just helps shift us into feeling um, more productive and shifting out of fear and anxiety, which is so hard now because the fear and anxiety is on three levels. It's the world, it's our community family, and it's us, you know, so um, anything else that you both, either of you would like to add? No, I think in some ways, as you're describing that, Lynn, it just takes us back to those basics. You know, as human beings, what do we want? We want a sense of purpose, a sense of meaning, and we want a community, uh, a group that we feel safe and we feel comfortable. And I think, you know, and this anxiety arises when we, when both of those are missing, when we don't have that sense of purpose or meaning, when we don't have that sense of community. And I think um, you know, this is a time to remind ourselves that um, those are essentials. Those are not optional. And each of us need those in different ways and David Rock's work gives us different ways to say, well, here's a way to do that. Here's a way to create that sense of purpose or meaning. Here's a way to create that sense of community and connection. And, you know, not losing sight of that, um, that, you know, there's this tendency, I would imagine, you know, in, in cross leaders and the social sector leaders of all types to be superhuman and forget that. And I think, um, you know, it's a good reminder that, you know, everyone needs that. That's a great conclusion. I don't think I could have said it better than you, Tom. No, I love that. It's essential and not optional. I wrote it down. <laughs> so thank you to you both um, for your time and your great wisdom and stay healthy. Yes, and you too. Thank you. Thank you, you man. Both.